Hello everyone and welcome to Spoilers Obviously, I'm your host Joel and with me today, once again, my lovely wife, Batya. Hello. Hello, how are you? Good, I'm good. It's been a day. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. <laughs> Having a lot of fun doing these episodes with you. You know, I'm starting to really enjoy myself. I'm kind of easing into it, you know, it's, it's going. It's going. It's going. Yeah. Thanks for having me. <laughs> well, I have no other choice since uh, Moses. Yeah. You didn't give me much of another choice, so. <laughs> but I could be polite anyway. <laughs> yes. Um, so to anyone who was wondering, uh, Moses is traveling the world. And until he comes back, I am uh, kidnapping my wife and forcing her <laughs> against her will to do these episodes with, with me. But it's going. It's it's <laughs> going. Send help. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, let's uh, let's get to our episodes today. Yeah. So today we are going to talk about Lord of the Rings: Rings of Power, season one, episode five. Wow, what are we halfway through? And um, we actually pass halfway through. Episode really? four is halfway through. Oh, yeah. there's only eight episodes this yes, season. There's only eight episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like I said that last time too. I was surprised. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, let's let's get into the 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 story over here, the episode. Well, we have multiple uh, stories going on over here. Mm-hmm. So, to make it easy, I think it's best to focus on one story at a time. Okay. So, let's first start talking about the Hotford cuz we actually also start with the Hotfords, Hobbits. <laughs> Hobbitsies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So we see um, Nori with the medium man that up till now, we still don't know who he is. Mm-hmm. There's still a lot of theories who he could be. Um, a lot of people hoping he is Gandalf, which I don't think he is Gandalf. But also a lot of people think it might be one of the blue wizards or maybe Radagast the brown. Yeah, I kind of I kind of get the Radagast vibe. So I'm going to jump on that bandwagon and say oh. that's my theory. Okay. Also, I, I agree with that. I, I personally prefer it to be one of the blue wizards since we haven't seen them up till now at all. Even in the Lord of the Rings movies. That's true. Actually, the, I don't know anything about the Blue Wizards, so you'll have to fill me in on that afterwards. Yeah, I will. But and, and we see a meteor man, or the stranger, however you want to call him, slowly starting to learn how to talk. He's mm-hmm. talking with Nori. He's like understanding their language now. Exactly. And he they're, they're talking between them, and he gets to a point like he is questioning himself is he a good person or a bad person mm-hmm. and Nori tells him like and confirms to him like no you are a good person you are with us you know, yeah at one point he calls himself a peril like she was explaining that there's a lot of perils along the way yeah and he's like i'm a peril and she's like no 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 you're nice <laughs> <laughs> even though you kill fireflies you're nice <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um I, I do believe he's good. We Up to now, we've only seen him doing good stuff. And Aside from the killing of the fireflies part. It's, and it's, being all weird and mystical. It's bugs, really. <laughs> like, I, I kill... No, but it's more than just the bugs. It's not the idea of the bugs. It's the fact that he's, like, sucking and removing life force energy out of a being. Like, he's channeling that life force energy for his magic or for whatever good it is that he's doing. And in the end, it's actually killing. It's not doing good. It's taking away. There's a difference. 
So I think that's the idea behind why they chose to show like the fireflies that he like took their life force away from them, which sort of in a way makes him look like a bad person. But magic also always has a price. Yeah. So it could also be that he's not a bad person. It was just the price of, you know, whatever it was that he needed to do, just like we slaughter animals. (laughs) We used to. We don't anymore. But (laughs) it's the same idea. Yeah. Well, just this week, you asked me to kill multiple cockroaches for oh you. Oh my so. god! I thought my soul was gonna leave my body. Yeah, so it's kind. Of, so I guess we are bad people. But anyways, we he he wants to know if he's a good person or if he's a bad person, and he, we tell she tells him he, he's a good person. We then later on see poppy singing her song as they travel throughout middle earth mm-hmm. and i actually enjoyed that song i don't remember the the music but that was a, like the okay lyrics were sweet yeah it, it was it was a nice uh, song uh, and we see them travel throughout middle earth and that that was finally for me something like okay here's something a little bit that I can enjoy because again I'm not enjoying this series at all. Do we know if that song like that it's a poem or something that originates from the books or it's just something they made up? I actually have no idea. I didn't look it up. But yeah, we we then see that our hobbits are catching up to the other group to that all ahead of them. Mm-hmm. And one of the uh, hardfoots is going to like the leader, the one with the book. Yeah. And and she's like, let's say, uh, you know, take the wheels and uh, strands of them. It's like, wow, you hobbits are evil. Y'all are assholes. Like, <laughs> you, you start the show of saying, like, you know, stay in the path and we will all be together to like, oh, you brought a stranger to our town. Off the, of your head. <laughs> off, like, therefore, you'll be in the back of the row if you are not capable of, you know, um... Keeping up, then Keep, we'll keeping, just read your name in the list of people that have fallen on the way and and and, and died. And then over here, you have like, you know what? Let's make sure they die. Let's take away the wheels, and you know, they will be stranded. Yeah, I was I was a bit surprised by that too. So it's like, well, you, you what, what's going on with you, uh, hobbitses? Hobbitses. <laughs> but you know, and then uh, our hobbits are being attacked by wolves, and then we have Meter Man. Saving them, and uh, he hits the ground with his arms. Yeah, and the wolves go, like, flying. Yeah, and this is, like, I I believe he is a wizard, and this is before his staff, his Mm -hmm. magic. He will then later channel his magic through the staff rather than with his physical arms. His, like, mortal body. Yeah. Sustained damage from it. Exactly, and then he, he goes to, like, heal his arm by going to the water and freezing it, and then Nuri comes... And she gets stuck over there with her Don't hand. intervene when a wizard is sticking his arm into a frozen pond. Like, you stupid child. <laughs> yes, yes. It, it, I was watching it. I'm like, Nori. Nori, don't. No, Nori. Oh, Nori just did that. No. God damn it, Nori. <laughs> it's, it, it's funny. There is a sentence that Gandalf does say. I don't remember it word for word. But it goes something like, uh, do not meddle with a wizard's uh, business. In a wizard's business. Something Are like we that. sure that's not from Harry Potter? Yeah, and, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> but it, it's funny what you said. It's kind of almost what Gandalf does uh, say later on in Lord of the Rings. 
Um, but obviously, she does meddle with a wizard's, a wizard's business, and she gets injured. And then the stranger comes and tries to help her, and she's like, "Oh no, you're, I'm you! I'm scared of you. You attacked me, mm-hmm. uh, quotes, and therefore I'm afraid of you. You are now evil." And she runs away. And if I'm not mistaken, that is actually the end of the Hobbits yeah. for this episode, the storyline. Then, then we do have Numino, whatever is going on with Numino and uh, Galadriel and ha- Halbran. Um, we see them basically gathering their army, getting on, uh, you know, saying we are going to sail to Middle well, Earth. Before that, though, we well, have the whole thing with Isildur and how they're fighting. And she's like, we have to train the army because the army like doesn't know how to train because y'all are a bunch of like Navy men. And yeah. you guys don't know how to operate swords properly. And you'll just die the second you come in contact with an orc. So then she goes and does her own little, like, training thing. Yeah, she, which was very, which was, for me, was very cheesy. Because it looked like, you know, a choreographed. It's because it was. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was. And you can see it was. Yeah. And it's like. I mean, the whole idea, I guess, was to show that, like, wol- not wolves, elves. <laughs> <laughs> fight so much differently like they're very light on their feet and she's just dodging the sword left and right like i get why they showed that but i I don't know it was just kind of i agree it looked choreographed like they could have done better yeah they they, with their choreography yeah (laughs) i totally agree and also with galadriel like you know abling to take someone's sword or dodge him or whatever and then smacking his ass with the sword like come on yeah, it's, it's like, cheesy. Not, not only it's cheesy, again, this is not Galadriel. Like, again, I get it. This is like young Galadriel. She's like 5,000 years old. But I don't feel like this is Galadriel at all. But whatever. <laughs> um, anyways, they're all, they're all gathering the armies and uh, soldiers. And all of them are actually um, volunteers. They're not actual soldiers. Right. There's that thing with Farzan. Yeah. And that he doesn't, like, he doesn't want them to take all the soldiers or whatever. So they decided to go with the volunteers. And the thing is, they have, they took about 500 men overall. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, what, five ships? So each ship, 100 men. But then later on, uh, Farzan's son goes for some reason i did not understand why but he went to blow up a ship now isildo was not allowed to go he was uh, banished so to say from uh, this exhibition right and then he threw a hissy fit about it like a child yeah and his His daddy's not letting me go on my (laughs) trips exactly so he's grounded Quite literally. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> so he like hides in the boat and then he sees a Farazan's son trying to burn down the, the boat. And then he accidentally does burn down the boat and they both jump into the ocean and uh, swim ash- ashore. Mm-hmm. And rather than Isildo saying like, yeah, this guy is trying to sabotage everything. It's like, yeah, no, we he was on a fishing boat. And I saved his life. And I saved his life. It's like, why would you do that? You could be rewarded by saying the truth. And the thing is, 
you know what? Fuck it. Don't say the truth. Say the truth. Doesn't matter. You are the only two witnesses. Yeah. And everyone's like, yeah, okay. He said that they were in a fishing boat. And we're he just said, gonna buy it. <laughs> yeah, we're just going to buy whatever you say. I would have launched a full-on investigation as to why the two of you were present at the time of yeah. this gigantic freaking so-called accident. Exactly. And like boats suddenly explode. Like, come on. <laughs> exactly. Like, as of right now, like, everyone was okay with it. Like, yeah, let's go to Middle Earth and battle. Like, everyone's like, yeah, well, sure. No one denied it. And all of a sudden, we see a boat, maybe even two, exploded. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, obviously some people are against this, but why? And the thing is, they never explain us why. Mm-hmm. We never know why. They just kind of leave it as is and move on. Exactly. So it's like, let's just, for unknown reasons, blow up a boat or two. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Yeah, I felt like it was a weird storyline. But whatever, Sildor gets his way in the end. Daddy I, puts him on horseshit duty. Yeah, he... <laughs> you know, it's it's a okay duty. But, you know, yeah, he, he got to be on a horseshit duty. And he he's okay with it. But eventually, I do believe he will uh, be, be in a battle and fight. Mm-hmm. So... And I think, if I remember right, there was also that scene in the alleyway that he was fighting with his friend because his friend got promoted to a... a Lieutenant? Yeah. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. And he was like, come on, man, let me on the boot, whatever. So that also happened before. So, like, his friend and him now have different ranks. Yeah. Which is probably an ego punch, I'm sure. Yeah. I think think that's okay, but... Yeah, so now, basically, it's the day later, and all of them... Oh, now on the boats on the way to uh, Middle Earth. And I do believe that's where that storyline ends. I'm not sure. Um, we could be skipping or forgetting a few things. But then... We probably are. <laughs> yeah, probably are. But then okay. we, we have uh, what's going on with Adal, the black corrupted elf. <sighs> this character. Yes, he... So he is, again, I think he could be the mouth of Sauron. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. But he he has a plan for some reason. What What is his plan? It is to become a god, according to what he said last episode. And he treats all of his, like, orcs. As his children. As his children. But not, like, in a parent way. More like in a... Like how I would, you know, as an owner of an animal, yeah, type of way. Yeah, it's really weird. That whole whole scenario is it's just a weird storyline. It's a weird character. We'll see what happens with it. But mm. so we so we see him like standing and absorbing the sunlight, right. and he and he says like he's going to miss it because soon enough there will be no sunlight. Mm-hmm. Now I don't think he means to destroy the sun just like Morgoth did. Because Morgoth, well, Morgoth did not destroy the sun. He destroyed the two trees that brought light to the world. And okay. na- and then there was a tree. And then someone took from those trees before Morgoth destroyed the two trees. Someone took a, a flower and a fruit mm-hmm. or a seed. And then that turned into the sun and the moon. So I don't believe he's planning on destroying the sun, but I do believe 
he would you see like in the movies we see Mordo and basically all of that you don't there's no son of that because there's so much like cloud and smoke and ash mm-hmm. uh, like according into the movies if you see the movies you see Mordo there is no sunlight because there's so much darkness over there and most of the uh, smoke comes from Mount Doom that uh. Yeah, and Mount Doom is where Sauron created the One Ring. Right. So So you think it's going in that direction? I think it's going into, yeah, that, that direction. That's interesting because also, um, what's her name? The Queen? Yeah. So when she was talking to her father, her father's like, don't go to Middle Earth. All that's waiting for you there is darkness. Yeah. So I guess maybe that could also be like sort of foreshadowing to it as well. Yeah, it definitely could be. We will have to have to see if it is. But in the meantime, we see Adar getting his army all ready because he does tell us like later, like in the night, we are going to attack the watchtower where we have our people and still over there, like half of them went to Adar to serve him. Mm-hmm. And the other half stayed. So the half that went over there, one of them, the old, uh, um, Waldrig, fa- I think is his name. What? Waldrig, I think is his name. I, I don't remember. The but farmer. The the old farmer. He's like, go Sauron. Yeah. So he he's like, you know, <laughs> obeys obeys the guy. He obeys Adol. It's like, oh Sauron, we've been waiting for you. And Adol just beats him. It's like, yeah. No, I'm not Sauron. He's like, it's okay, I'll follow you anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that that, that was that was funny. <laughs> but but th- then we also have the other kid that was with Theo. Uh-huh. And Ada's like, yeah, just to show you if you are really on my team, mm-hmm. kill this kid. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no. Yeah, I'll I'll serve you either way. Right, I I'm, I'm I'm going to kill this kid. If I must. Yeah, we don't we don't see him kill the kid, but you know we know what happens. We we know yeah we know what happens. So it, then basically it does show us like okay, Adal is a bad guy, and they all prepare like we know he's a bad guy, but he is willing to make his people kill each other mm-hmm. just for his you know sake. But yeah, he's preparing the, the people to go attack the watchtower. And then we have the people in the watchtower basically preparing for the battle. And they had like in a, a light bulb moment and they say like, oh, we have the watchtower. Let's basically destroy the watch, the watchtower. Like lure them all inside. Exactly. And that's how we will defeat them because they are a bigger army compared to us. Mm-hmm. And then Theo comes and shows like, hey, I have this sword, by the way which this is what they're looking for. And then they figure out, oh, wait, this sword is actually a key for something. And they see where is the keyhole. They don't know what's the purpose and what does it open. Oh, they see where the keyhole is? I don't remember them showing that. Yeah. They, yeah. Okay. They, I but, know that they see the thing on the wall. Yeah. Like the, the monument sort of. Okay. So, with like a face of Sauron and like the sword going through someone. Yeah. So they they see that, but ba- they do basically figure out that this sword is actually a key to open something. We don't know what exactly yet. Okay. Um, and that 
and, and and now they are like planning their strategy of how to defeat Sauron and you know win the battle mm-hmm. and I do believe that is the end of that storyline okay. and then we have the controversial cons- controversial mm-hmm. storyline and this is in Kazakh Doom with the dwarves and Gilgalad um so first of all Gilgalad I have to say I love I love Gilgalad he's amazing I am upset with how they're portraying him over here because he's a bit of an ass he's a bit of an ass it's not accurate to the books but I do hope that by the end, I guess, of the show, we need to see Gilgalad. We need to root for Gilgalad. Because mm-hmm. right now, he's, he, yeah, he's an ass. He keep, he's keeping secrets. He's lying. And he's a keen. He's also kind of stalking. He, he, yeah, he's, he's also stocky yeah. and all that. He seems but... a bit manipulative about the way he does things. Exactly. And this is, like, again, according to the books, this is not how Gil-Galad, you know, acts. Mm-hmm. So I was I was upset about that, but I do hope they will, you know, change it within time. Yeah. Um. But but anyways, we have Elrond, Gil-Galad, Calimbimbo, and Durin all sitting in Linden, which is where all the elves are, are at, mm-hmm. their city. And they're talking with, on, you know, we have this huge long table and they're trying to negotiate like what is going on with the building that they are building. And in the meantime, we kind of see like a headbutt between Durin and Gil-Galad. And Gil-Galad is kind of like, you know, upset with Durin. Like, you've been hiding, you, you know, you haven't been doing what we asked of you. And then Durin is like kind of, you know, hot-headed. It's like w- like always, like all dwarves between elves, but then uh, Durin comes and says, "Like this is a nice table, you know, made out of you know this specific stone that you can only find in certain kinds of depth underground, mm-hmm. and this stone we actually use for funerals as a casket, and here you are using it as a table." So that is a big insult to me. Like it's a really sacred stone to us. It, exactly. Yeah. It's a huge insult and in, uh, what you're doing over here. And Gil Galad is like all apologe- apologetic. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know what? Whenever you leave, you can take the the stone with you mm-hmm. as a gift. Which was really kind of him. Yeah, it, it, it was. And they say like, you know what? Okay, no problem. We will continue the work. We will work together. Uh, all all good no no problem and then later we see Elrond uh, escorts Durin back to uh, his house but like by the end of the forest mm-hmm. and we see them taking the stone with uh, Durin mm-hmm. and Elrond is like uh, that's a lie about the stone isn't it and it, <laughs> and Durin says like yeah Disa wanted a new table a long time now <laughs> And that that was that was actually very hilarious and uh, very. I liked that scene. Yeah, that that was very uh, funny. Of you know that moment, but then what we see, which was annoying, we see Gilgalad basically spying, and you know, 
what is being going all stalkery and be, lingering in the woods behind them. Exactly. Yeah. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I did skip something a bit before that. We have Gilgalad and Elrond uh, by the tree, the the sacred tree. I think it's after. It's after. I think it's right after. Yeah. Okay. It's in the same like set of scenes though. It is. Yeah, but. No, what, what we have is Gilgalad uh, talking to Elrond and saying, like, you, you know, did they find it? And Elrond keeps telling them, telling Gilgalad, like, I can't tell you yes or no because I made an oath. And mm-hmm. we did explain how powerful oaths are in this world in the last episode. Mm-hmm. But he says, like, I can't tell you. Yeah. I made an oath. I'm going to honor it. Yeah. I'm, I I have to honor. And Gilgalad says, like, even if this is the destruction of your, you know, mankind, your, your, people. your people. And he says, like, I, there's nothing I can do. I made an oath. I need, I need to honor it. Mm-hmm. And then Gilgalad basically gives us the background. And before we actually say the background... This background is 100% false. It's not accurate to the books whatsoever. Amazon 100% made this up. For an unknown reason, it doesn't even make sense at all. Mm -hmm. So we do know that Durin, they found a mithril. Mm -hmm. We do know that Durin made Elrond make an oath to never talk about it. And he showed him and explained to him what is a mithril and all that. Right, he knows just how precious it is. Exactly. And apparently, Gilgalad knew all about this, and this is why several episodes earlier, he Gilgalad sent Elrond and Kalimbimbo to Kazakh Doom mm-hmm. to find this mm-hmm. and to make them stop mining this. Okay. Because apparently them mining this is actually killing the elven race which makes <laughs> no sense whatsoever and Gil- so close amazon you yeah. tried so hard tried now, a little too hard actually it could be a true thing like amazon is doing like oh yeah no this is canon this is real or it could be like no for some unknown reason gil galad is actually lying over here for his own benefits and reasons. Maybe he's being lied to. Who? Gilgalad. No, he is the king. You don't think that maybe it's possible there's someone who's whispered this lie into his ear to make him believe this? Maybe several thousands years ago, but I don't think anytime soon. So this is a story that Gilgalad tells us. He says that there is a tree. Mm-hmm. And someone put a Silmaril into that tree. Now, before I continue, all three Silmarils are gone. Yeah, they're, they're one, accounted for. Yeah, like. one is in space with Elrond's father. Mm-hmm. The other one it was cast to the uh, to this ocean, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And the last one, if I remember right, is in the Undying Lands, Vala, Valinor. I don't remember. Something like that. Yeah, but anyways, all we according to the books, we know where all three similars are. So the fact that Gilgal, oh, no, there was one that was in a volcano or some fiery pit. I I, I don't I don't remember exactly, but all three of them we know where they are. So the fact that Gilgalad comes and says, 
one of the Silmarils are actually is hidden in a tree, that alone I know is a lie. Mm-hmm. So he continues with that. You have a elf who is with all of his kindness and pure of heart and whatever is protecting that tree. Mm-hmm. And then you have a huge Belrog with all of his evilness and malice attacking that tree. The two of them are like channeling this the, difference of like yin and yang of energy powers into this tree. Into the tree. And then the, sh- the tree was struck by lightning. And with that, uh, the roots of the tree sunk deeper into the earth. And with that, the mithril was created. And mm, yeah, no. first of all, let's be real over here. You have a Belrog. Why would he attack a tree and not the fucking elf? <laughs> yeah, it, it makes no no sense to me whatsoever. And I can't disagree with you on that one. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's really annoying. Like again, Amazon, you have the rights to to, to tell us the story properly and here you are inventing a complete lie about the origins of a mithril you're given it a new origin it's like why know. do they really have the rights to tell us the story properly or just the rights to the characters Cause i i don't know I, with the way they're telling the story it makes me really question what they actually have the rights to yeah like i i feel like they have the rights to the characters the places but not the actual story this is what it feels like yeah it's it's really annoying. Not only that, like Galadriel, again, forget the fact that she is acting like a stubborn little 10-year-old girl. Um, she has no magic. As, as of right now, you know what? Forget about Galadriel. No one has magic other than the stranger. And again, elves right. have magic. We don't see anyone use magic. The, this planet has magic. Mm-hmm. You That's know? weird. And That's weird. It, it's really weird. And I, again, I do think Amazon is going to go with, oh, no, they're going to get their magic from the rings. So it's going to be like, that's how they get their magics. But in reality, they all have magic. Okay, not all of them, but all the creatures that have magic, they have magic. Mm-hmm. With or without the ring. So, I don't know. It's, it's annoying what they're doing here. I'm not happy with this, but... You know, what What can you do? Just uh, sit around and uh, suffer, I guess. <laughs> just force myself to watch this show. <laughs> just like I'm forcing you to do this podcast. And <laughs> I do believe we got to the end of our episode. And I also believe that we skipped and forgot a few things here and there. But Probably. until then, I am Joel. And with me today, my lovely, lovely wife, <laughs> Batya. We talked about Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power, Season 1, Episode 5. And give us five stars on Spotify and anywhere else you can listen to. Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts. And if you want to get yourself informed more about this world, go to the YouTube channel, Nerd of the Rings. I highly recommend him. So cool. Especially if you're like me and you don't know diddly shit about Lord of the Rings. The way he breaks it down is just fabulous. And it's totally worth it. We are spoilers, obviously, and we'll catch you guys up on the next episode. Bye. Bye.